very dangerous stuff, so we need to have our extra. One thing I wanted to mention is that uh, Rabbi Shapiro's daughter is having a procedure this morning. Oh, really? Okay. Eliana Okay. Did did you hear that Michael was mentioning that Rabbi Shapiro's daughter is having a procedure today? The the one that's very sick. Eliano. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What is it? Do you know what's wrong with her? No, they they, they took her. She she came out of a coma, and then they they were waiting. They were waiting to see what was next, and now I guess they figured out what's next, and this must be it. Yeah. He had a stroke. A one-year-old had a stroke. Yeah. I think she's she's almost two, maybe Barry. I'm not sure. So it must be from some sort of a congenital malformation or something had, like that. There was there was something wrong. She had yeah. There's something was wrong at the beginning from the get-go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we have to put on a different hat. Sometimes you go in a different subject and you say, when did we learn this? <laughs> so it's like, uh, so we're not in Gittin right now. We're, we're kind of in the bubble. We're learning about damages uh, and uh, real estate. And so those are, it's a totally new subject. So, um, uh, and uh, the new subject has to do with the fact that we learn in the Mishnah various rabbinic rules that were made for the benefit of society. So uh, the first rule that we're talking about, uh, which is what we're explaining now, and the Gemara is going to explain all the rules, uh, was if somebody damages somebody else. And uh, the, the, I learned like somebody's goats got out or their, their flocks got out and went and destroyed part of their neighbor's crop. And so they have to be paid back. They have to be made whole. But you have no money to pay. The one whose goats got out, uh, the, what's called the, you have two people, the mazik, the one that caused the harm, and the nizik is the one that received the harm. So uh, if you can't pay cash, so then you have to pay in real estate. You have to give this neighbor who you destroyed his crop uh, or you destroyed his field. Uh, fields, uh, you know, sometimes something got ruined. It wasn't an easy fix. And so you have to pay him back, so you would have to give him some of your real estate. And so the question, though, is w- you have many different... Uh, fields or, or parts of your land that you could give back. So what are you obligated to give back as far as which type of real estate do you, can you give him your junkie real estate? Can you give him your, do you have to give him your best? Do you have to give him your medium? And then how do we, do we look at uh, the, the, the person that was damaged and give him the best that he had? Or did we look at the mazik, the one that caused the damage, and you have to give the best that you have. So those were the discussion that we began yesterday. Uh, the words used in the Mishnah were Hanizokin Shaman People that cause damage, the payments that they make to make the person whole gets estimated the idiots with the best type of, of, of real estate. So and and again, conceptually that makes sense. You a person is a mazik, they um, one of the very first rules that you learn is cause no harm. You know, don't, you have to be responsible for your actions. Don't be a mazik. That, that's, and believe it or not, it's not natural. Sometimes people are, are they, they don't realize that they're harming other people. They're keeping their roommate up at night. They're, uh, 
uh, you know, when they, they're, they're walking with muddy shoes on the, on the couch and in the living room or the, uh, whatever it may be. The, the, one of the sensitivities a person has to have is not to be a mazik, not to cause damage. And if he does, over here we're learning it's going to cost him his best fields. So, but the Gemara now is trying to determine how, uh, what does it mean, the best fields? So, um, so it's kind of even hard to, how, I was going to try to do this. Well, we're trying to figure out what does it mean, the best. So, Omar Rafa, let's start four lines from the bottom. Um, it's the way the Gemara wanted to, well, let's start even earlier. Omar of Idi Baravin. Uh, that's where we're going to start from, seven lines from the bottom. What is our case? So again, our question was, if you knew exactly which kind of fields you harmed, obviously you would just pay back the exact same thing. So that can't be our case, that you knew exactly what, you, you know, what the damage was. So what is the case where you have to pay when you're not sure you've got to give them your best? So what happened was, that uh, your animals destroyed your neighbor's a row in their, uh, in their crops, and you don't know if that particular row was a weak row, or it was a, a um, you know, you have some rows that really grow good and well and, and are, are robust and, and full of crops and, and produce, and then you have other ones which are, are very weak, and you really don't know. So uh, we're saying over here, that uh, since you caused the damage, we are going to make you uh, um, lay out the money and pay as if it, you damaged the best possible, the, you know, the, it, the, even though nobody knows, nobody can prove it, you got to pay the best. Because it's a suffix. Because it's a doubt. So Rava says, I don't understand. Usually when you have a monetary question and there's a doubt, there's a burden of proof. Uh, before we make you pay. If you had known that you had destroyed the wheat crop, you would get away with just paying back the wheat crop. Now that you don't know, we're going to throw the book at you, uh, and make you take a leap and pay the most expensive cost. When somebody wants to make you pay, shouldn't they have to prove that uh, you damage the most expensive crop before we, you, we give you such a big bill? So it, he, doesn't under, he doesn't feel that could be our case. So how do you, Rav Achabar Yaakov, want to learn? Ella Omer Rav Achabar Yaakov. Uh, so uh, as we turn to today's page. So again, we learned in the Mishnah something about the mazik paying top of the line. And our question was, what is the case exactly that he has to pay top of the line? So, you know what our case might be? Kigon. You've got the person that was damaged, and his best, uh, he, the person was damaged was pretty poor. And so he, the best of his land was like the weakest of the, de- of the one who caused the damage his land. It happened to be he had a rich neighbor. He had a very, his neighbor had great crops, and he had weak crops. So the question is, the Torah says you pay the best. Do you go with who's best? Rabbi Shmuel Saber bin Anizik Shaminin. Well, he got damaged, so he should be happy with getting the best of the kind of crops that got damaged. Rabbi Kiva says, no. We, this is a certain way it's a punishment. 
you you are a mazik, you are causing harm, so you have to pay your best. But a mazik shemina. So it comes out an interesting debate. How is it all about making him whole, or is it about you learning your lesson to, to you know make sure you don't hurt your neighbor's crops? You know the person worked hard to to you know any way you look at it, it's a hassle. It's not like oh you'll pay him money and you'll make him whole. He's got to go through that whole hassle. You know it's like. Uh, it's a big deal to, to to get reimbursed, and then when he farms his crops, he's got he's gonna he's gonna miss one row because that row got eaten away, and he's got to try to fix it. Even if you pay it back, it's not worth it. So the question is, do you look and just pay back? Well, well therefore you give him the best uh, uh, look at the best crop that he might have had of the nizik of the one who got the damage, or do you look at the mazik, the one that caused the damage? So I, I'm I'm kind of hinting that you could even see arguing in logic. But it actually comes down to the psukim, to the way the Torah understood how you assess the damage. So let's see that. My time to Rabbi Shmuel. What's the reason of Rabbi Shmuel? Nemer, Sadr Lamata, Nemer, Sadr Lamala. There are two psukim talking about fields. My Sadr Mor Lamala, but in Nizik, when it talks about the field, it's talking about the field that received the damage. And so when it talks about making him whole with the field, Afzadr Mor Lamata, the other pasuk, that also is, must be making him whole with a field that's uh, similar to the ones that he has, Bidinizik. In other words, he says, let's use the, the fact that the description, Torah uses the same word, Sada, paying with the field, that we're just talking about the damage E. I wish there was a great word for the Nizik in English, but there isn't uh, the, the damage E, I guess, but that's the one that received the damage. Um, you know, the, but that's the first opinion. Rebbe Kiva says, no. Sato, the Torah says, you got to pay your best, not his best, the best of the one who's, who's responsible to pay. So we have, um, according to this, we've, we've, we've set up the debate about when the Mishnah says you pay the best, uh, uh, which everybody agrees, but the question is, who's best? Is it the damager, the damagee or the damager? So now let's uh, let's the two opinions. Why do they got to argue? Why do they agree with each other? Shmuel uh, so uh, doesn't he agree about sada sada? So he says you need the the fact that the Torah uses the same word gzeirashava v'ahani kra, and you you need the fact that the pasuk says meitav the best ahani gzeirashava. The gzeirashava comes to tell you that we're talking about the damagee, but the pasuk tells the yisle lamazik. If the one that caused the damage had had very good and very bad, it is viziburis. But his bad, viziburis today lo shavik it is denizik. But but his bad wasn't as good as the as what the one who had damaged and misham leimametav that he has to pay from his better. Uh, that uh, the if if it doesn't if the weaker ones won't satisfy he's going. Sometimes you don't have all the options. You know, if you, if, if you have to pay with real estate, so it's not always, you won't always have the perfect piece to offer him that just works out exactly the same. So basically we're saying that since you have to make him whole, if, the, if you can't satisfy him with your weaker lands because that wouldn't make him whole, so even though your better lands is an upgrade, you have to give him an upgrade rather than a downgrade. That's how I, that's how I understood it. So you don't have to, it goes with the nizik, it goes with the damage e, but the, the, what does he do with the word the best? It, if, if you can't satisfy him at, to equal to his damage, you will have to give him an upgrade. You'll just have to lose out. Um, often things are like that. Once, 
once a person gets a, um, uh, whatever, he gets an upgrade. That's, that's, this, that's the way he learns the word meta. Rebbe Kiva says, no, it's telling you, all along it's telling you that the mazik has to pay the best. And certainly we threw this in. We love how Mishnayis left to throw in other dinim. Uh, throw in a whole other case about Hegdish. That Hegdish also, you got to pay the best. What in the world are we talking about Hegdish? In what case do you pay Hegdish? Hegdish, you donate to. What does it mean, So it must be if you get into an accident with Hegdish. If you, so what exactly is the case? Um, I, I remember once my, my father, bless me, got in an accident with an ambulance. You know, ambulances are crazy drivers, you know, because they, they think everybody's got to get out of their way but sometimes there's no way to get out of the way. So that's the... Uh, but at any rate, so uh, how do you pay if you damage Hegdish? So let's see what the case would be. Elema. So uh, how, uh, how, how do you exactly, you know, what exactly is the scenario? So if you say, we're in the middle of the page. You know, Hegdish has oxen. The people donated to the temple for Karbados. And I have an ox. So you know what? Maybe my ox gored a temple ox. And so uh, maybe that's the Torah is telling me that I got to replace him with the best. That can't be. There's a specific limitation that you don't have to pay if you gore a holy cow. Okay, that's, I don't know what the, it's the, the Torah says, the, the, you could say it like this, really, you're not responsible for what animals do, you know, animals are going to fight with each other, but the Torah gives you liability with your neighbors, it says, I mean, how would you feel if, you know, you're ox, you know, so you've got to take care of your neighbor, but it doesn't, you have no liability if it's a holy cow, so now, by the way, it could be your neighbor had a hectic cow, he had a bunch of, one of them he promised to bring to the base of Migdash. And they're all out there, and then your cow starts messing with your neighbor's cows, and guess what? It, it gored the one that was going to go to the base of Migdash. So it gored the Hegdish cow. But so the, the Torah says it gives you liability for your neighbor, but not for Hashem. Hashem said, I can take care of myself. I don't need to collect from you. But your neighbor, he got damaged. You got to make him whole. So that can't be then what our verse is referring to, because specifically, you don't have liability if you damage a holy cow that way. El, uh, it must be a different case. Uh, what maybe where the case is, you promise the base of Migdosh, I'm going to give you a donation. And, uh, I'm go- and uh, the, the, you didn't have currency. It meant you were going to give them a piece of land. The Asi Gizbar. And so now the treasurer of the base of Migdosh shows up at your door and says, well, guess what? You've you got to pay your dues. You've got to pay your pledge. So uh, he says, well, you, I, I was going to pay with some land. So Meshach on the idiot, he could take the best land. That's, that's, maybe that's what it's telling you. And we've had this before. You know, you never want to... Uh, Hegdish always gets the best deal. So maybe if you promise Hegdish land, you're going to have to give him the best. Now, you could have said, I'm going to give him my junkie land. You could have done that. And then you'd be okay. But since you didn't specify, so we, you, uh, when they come to collect, they're going to take your prize land. So the Gemara said, why? Lo yehei The hegdishes should be like an IOU. They're not any worse than any other creditor. Usually a creditor just gets average. They don't get the best. They don't get the worst. That's usually the rule. So why does hegdish get the best? Rabbi, is there a feel to be made if it's specified versus unspecified? 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. If it's specified, it would be what's specified. The issue here is when it's not specified. But our question is, it, it basically, it's a debt. You promised uh, to, to pay Hegdish, you promised to give them. Why should that be worse than any other debt? A debt collector, Temple, the Beis HaMikdash debt collector is like anybody, any other debt collector. They use the same service to collect. So shouldn't it be with average, like them? So, maybe Rebbe Kiva says debt collectors get the best. So, Morris says, um, that's not true. Even if you want to say that he holds debt collectors can collect the best, they're the mafia guys, whatever they make sure if they collect. What? The IRS, right, they also, right, the certain collectors get, they get the top of the line, and maybe Akiva holds debt collectors too, but it could be Hegdish is not as powerful. Why? Shukain Hora Koka Benizakin. You don't find that you got to pay if, if you gore their rocks. So actually the one example we have dealing with temple uh, damage is that you don't have to pay so much. So even if you want to say that, reg, you know, that regular IRS or other collectors are going to get the best, there's no proof that the temple's going to get the best because, in fact, when you damage them, you don't have to pay. So Gamora says, so getting back to the original question, what does it mean, the, what's the scenario where Hegdish gets Kavachomer uh, Lehegdish? Really, my ox gored a temple cow, a uh, holy cow. And, and it, it doesn't mean, again, the temple got possession. It could be a person just set aside one of his cows and says, this is my Hegdish cow. Rebbe Kiva says that you do got to pay. If the temple cow gores your cow, good luck in getting the temple to pay. But if your cow gores the temple cow, I don't care whether it's a first-time offender, whether it's a repeat offender, you're going to have to pay through the loop. So unlike the original opinion we quoted Early on, that if you damage a temple cow, you don't got to pay. There's another view that you certainly do got to pay. You got to pay through the nose. And so our question was, what does Rebbe Kiva mean? Maybe he follows that view, that if you damage, really, your rock scores the temple cow. And uh, there, you got to pay through the nose. So the Morris says, if that's true, how do you know the debate is in a case where the best of the one that got damaged is equal to the worst of the one that caused damage. Maybe everybody agrees that you go with the one that got the damage as far as figuring out what's the best. And maybe the whole argument is uh, whether or not we uh, exempt the temple or not. The temple damage you got to pay. So the Gemara said, if that was the only argument, what, what does the words mean? Um, that The question was, did they argue in the first case? The first case was a regular mazik, a regular person. The second case was temple damage. So our question is, do they only argue by the temple case or do they argue in the first case also? So now the Gemara is suggesting maybe they only argue in the temple place. So the Gemara says that, but then what does it mean, my lobo which sounds like they argue in the first case. But oh, my kavachomer lehegdish. And also, kavachomer lehegdish means you argue in the first case and you certainly argue by the temple. 
Vaod haomer Ravashi, and also we learned in the name of Ravashi, Tanya Behedya, Metiv Sideo, Metiv Karmo Yishalim. We learned you got to pay your best of your field and the best of your vineyard. Yishalim, Metiv Sideo, Shonizik, Metiv Karmo Shonizik, Divrevi Yishmo. And Revi Kiva argues that the Metiv Sideo, Shomazim, Metiv Karmo Shomazik. So we don't, uh, to say that the, the argument of the Mishnah is only in the temple case doesn't seem to fit in. It sounds clearly that they're arguing in both cases. And we have to try to understand what's the dual argument. So, uh, so let's see the Gemara. So again, we've got, um, we've got some statements here. But we have an argument here in the Mishnah about figuring out paying the best. Is it from the Mazik or is it the Nizik? And we also need to squeeze in the temple case because the temple case was listed and also implying that it relates to the first, just like the first case you're paying the best, uh, so the idiot, so too in the temple case. So we have to figure out an explanation for the machlokis, and we have to work it into the words for the first case and for the temple case. So Ravina is going to take a shot here. Ravina says, "La Kiva." He says, "Really, our Mishnah follows Revi Kiva, who says He says, "Really, he learns that that's not a rabbinic rule; that that's a Torah rule. The Torah says, pay, pay the best. Pay, you know, that implies." That means the best that you got. I so then what's our Mishnah adding? It's a rabbinic rule. The answer is Rav Shimon the Dorish time of the Rav Shimon learns that it's important to say the reasons for Torah. There's a debate about whether you try to understand the Torah, say reasons for it. He's he's explaining the reason for the Torah. My why does the Torah say Matam Kamer? What's the reason? Matam the Nizik What's the reason uh, that we make the one who causes the damage to pay the best? The purpose is to fix the world. Um, the Tanya, what's the Tikanolam? You know, why is it that we make people that cause damage pay the best? Uh, because people who like to steal um, and people who, even if they pay, they like to cause harm. There are people that cause harm and they figure, I'm wealthy, I'll pay for the damage. You know, but that's also, that's called a chamsanim. Uh, it, you're really not allowed to hurt people even if you're going to pay them if you break their stuff. A person should say crime doesn't pay. Why should I steal? Why should I cause harm? Now, again, we're used to the idea that if you steal and don't plan to pay back, that's illegal. But what if you cause harm and you figure, well, whatever the bill is, I'll pay it. You know, I'll damage my neighbors, uh, I'll let my animals run wild, and if they cause any damage, let them sue me, I'll, I'll cover it. So he's, in, he's, intending to do that. he's intending to do it. So that's also in the wrong. Right. Even when you pay... He's just not bothered by it. It seems to me there's a big difference. Intending is, this is what I want, as compared to, I'll cover it if right. it happens. Right, so, but either way, we call that Kamsanim. Yeah, right, right, so, so right, really, that's what's coming out. We're afraid of of people that tell themselves, so if I cause harm, I'll cover it, you know, uh, they don't care, right, so that's also a problem. That's why they got to pay their best, and that's going to prevent them from uh, from being careless about uh, about paying other people. So he says, um, uh, let's read the words again, uh, because of 
people that take and don't plan on paying, the hit-and-run drivers, and even the drivers that, uh, that uh, drink drunk, and they figure, well, if I cause harm, I'll pay for them. People should say, why should I steal? Why should I cause damage? Basin is going to find out about it. They're going to come down to my property. They're going to take my best field away. And so the, uh, the, the, the Torah said, pay your best. And our Mishnah, which is explaining that it's a tikkun olam, is say he's explaining that that's a great rule. That's going to prevent people from harming other people because if you harm them, you could potentially lose the best that you got. Correct. Correct. So yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point out. I think that the word meitav isn't really what they're darshaning. Some of darshaning more the word sadehu, his field. So who is the his? So that's the one that they're really, that's the, the focus word, I think. Well, the word metav is the focus word in a sense that you're going to lose your best. Yeah, the, but okay, so they, they don't argue about that, but the question is who, who's best? So the who's best is because of the word sadehu, his field. We don't know who the his is. So in a, they could be darshan both of them, but I think the, the who, the sadehu, the his part is the real element that that they want to know which one does that one belong to. That's correct on Amad But now we're dealing with another issue, which is just if the Torah already said that uh, you have to give the best of the one who's causing the harm, so why is our Mishnah saying that it's a tikkun olam? And so now we're saying our Mishnah follows Rav Shimon, and the tikkun olam, he's just explaining that the Torah rule is actually a good rule. It, it keeps... Uh-huh. No, that's the that's that's the more recent argument. But you're absolutely right. Uh, that, that you're explaining what we the the, the Ahmed Aleph. Okay. okay I, uh, didn't, I didn't catch a little the, the, the little switch here from that to that. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So that was the most recent question. We're ag- according to this view, we're agreeing that it's the one who causes the harm who has to pay his best. We're just explaining why our Mishnah calls it a tikkun olam and saying it's, it's not rabbinic, it's Minatora, but it means that we're, dar- we're saying the reason of the Pasuk. V'sumkus, um, uh, yeah, v'sumkus, and the uh, the reason that you got to pay the best, because the Torah says, Meitav Sideh, Meitav Karvisham, Lefikach, Omer Anizakin Shamlu Be'idiyas. That's why we say that when it comes to damages, you got to pay your best to prevent them from doing it. So now we continue, now we're going to the number two. So we've explained why damagers have to pay their best. Why is it that we give average fields to the collectors? Uh, why don't why why can't, if you owe money why can't you pay them with your cheapest currency? The answer is uh, well, I'm sorry. The question here is, why can't they take the best? If you owe them, why can't they uh, take, uh, you know, you're the, you borrowed or you owe, so why can't they take the best? Uh, sometimes you might show off your field. You got a nice house. And your neighbor is going to do predatory lending. But Omar, he's going to say, I'm going to jump and I'm going to make easy money available because I know he's going to fall behind, and therefore I'm going to, when I, I'm going to repo, and I'm going to get that field for myself. We only give the bank's average to discourage predatory lending. If you give them the best, then people are going to loan money. Uh, you know, you give certain people money, you know it's going to disappear real quick. 
it's like the credit card companies. They give it to the teenagers, you know. They give them money. They, they, they go to college. They, give, they throw credit cards at them because they know that uh, that's predatory lending. So, uh, and if, if they, they're able to even collect from the best, uh, they're going to encourage them. So we discourage them. We just let them collect the average. So the Gemara says, well, why don't we go to the opposite extreme? To give those, those, those terrible creditors, give them the cheapest stuff. The then people won't be able to borrow money. So it has to be in the middle. In other words, you can't give them your best. That'll encourage them to, to uh, predatory lending. You can't give them your worst, then you won't be able to borrow. Yeah. This is just a little pronunciation note. On the Ziburis, the eval is on the, the Reish and, uh, and on the other one too. It is, it's on the Dalit. There's no E under the Yud vowel. It's just... Like so somehow, I, I had learned that pronunciation years ago. I don't know if I've been wrong all these years or, or that was... Uh, uh, but I hear you. Thank you. Yeah, so that one I don't know. That some some things I totally come up with. I, I invent my own pronunciations. I just I somehow I, I had that in my mind from from going back many years. But I hear you. Ksuvas uh, Isha. Next, uh, the next case was the Ksuvas Isha. She pays Biziburius. So you're saying it's Ziburis instead of Ziburius. Okay, okay. You pay in Ziburis. So uh, what? Uh, why does the woman get the uh, the cheapest land? In other words, a person's uh, if if they pass away or they get divorced, so they owe the wife the ksuva, and so you don't have to give her your best fields; you can give her your cheapest fields. So why is that? Rebuter Mayor says you got to pay average. So now she's like any other creditor, like her Mayor. Mayor is easy to understand that you owe her money, so you pay like anybody else. So Omer Shimonim, my Omer Ksuva Ziburis. Why should you pay cheap stuff? He says, Because more than the man wants to get married, the woman wants to get married. And so um, when a, the, uh, you, you don't need to promise her your best fields in order for her to say, yes, I accept your proposal. So since it basically it was a business transaction, you agreed to marry her, and if... Uh, you don't, uh, if you're out of the picture because a person passes away or they get divorced, so you'll be provided for, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of you through my fields. So women don't need you to promise, I'll take care of you with my best field. Even if you say, I'll take care of you with my worst field, they'll accept your proposal. In other words, it's more that it, it, since they're eager to get married, they're not going to insist that they'll only get married if he promised me the best. So it's not needed to make the deal. So that's why the ksuva can be satisfied with less because when the women originally got mar- agreed to marry them, they, they, weren't, they weren't so demanding. They were happy to accept proposals even if it's only backed up with the cheaper lands. So that's one shot. Another shot. Isha yotze l'ritzonu ishalo l'ritzonu. A woman can be uh, dumped whether she agrees or whether she doesn't agree. You could say goodbye. You don't have to. She can be divorced willingly or unwillingly. That's, by the way, the original din. Uh, Rabbeinu Gershon came along and said uh, uh, he he uh, he made a rule that you can't divorce a woman unless she gives consent. But the original rule was you could minatora uh, that you can divorce her whether uh, whether she if she agrees to accept it or if she doesn't want to accept it. 
Ve'ish, now to dump the husband, ain't a motza elu ritzono. He's got to agree to give the divorce. My davracher, what does it mean, uh, uh, this second explanation? What was wrong with the first? The key came, uh, maybe you want to see ki heka de ki mafik just like um, the the ki mafik le'ihi tikni le'rabonik suvamina, just like if she, if he wants to divorce her, so really we don't want people to get divorced. We don't want people to uh, uh, to dump their partner. So if he's the one that divorces her, it's going to cost him. And so that tends to discourage divorce. You, you, you want to dump her? Well, you took responsibility. You're going to have to send her away with your fields. So in order to discourage him from uh, marrying women and dumping them, we make him pay. So that's when he's the cause of the divorce. What about Kinafik Ihi? What about if she gets out of there? If she's, uh, she's, uh, she wants to divorce him. So Nami So then he should be able to collect the ksuva from her. She's destroying the marriage. It should cost her. Tashma There's a difference. The uh, uh, a woman uh, she can leave. Uh, she can be divorced if she, if if he wants out, whether uh, whether she agrees or whether she doesn't. But the man ain't a motza Uh The man uh, he needs. Uh, he, he, uh, she can only leave with his willingness. And you might ask, uh, so how can he prevent her from, from leaving? He can delay giving the get, as we know all too well. That those are the famous cases of Aguna, where the husband delays the get forever, you know, and causes harm in that way. So you don't need to give him a ksuva if the wife uh, unexpectedly leaves him uh, in order for him to have some power to try to prevent her from leaving, uh, you basically, she, if she leaves without notice and doesn't leave on good terms, he might not give her a get right away. And so he, he has his own power. You don't need to give him a monetary power. He has the power of the get. Okay, fine, moving on. Ksuva sisha bizibors. So then we said the ksuva, uh, it could be satisfied with zibors. Omar zutra bredu, namalo, amna That's only if she's collecting. That's the case where he died. And she's collecting from the poor orphans. We don't like to take advantage of the orphans. But if he's alive and he's divorced her, so then then he should pay average. In other words, it's only that she takes a downgrade if he died and it's going to take away from the poor orphans that we always protect the orphans. The Gemara said, if it's talking about the orphans, my so then why do you have to mention that the woman gets paid? All creditors when they take from the estate of orphans, they always have to take the, um, uh, the cheapest property. That the rule is that you, when you collect from orphans, you always take the cheapest. We protect the orphans. It must be even from him when he's alive, and still he can pay from the cheapest. I, that, uh, I thought we just said that you've got to pay average in that case. So the Lord says, really, Really, we're talking about collecting from the orphans. So then why would I think that she could collect the, the better fields? Everybody has to take the cheapest from the orb. We've got to protect them. The answer is, Ksuvas isha itzriklei. The ksuva I might have thought was different. Uh, I would have thought that we need to help this widow get remarried. And if they give her cheap fields, 
it'll be harder for her to get remarried. But if she has really nice fields, people like rich widows. So maybe the rabbis were more lenient, gave her better terms. Kamash Merlon, that no, we don't give her the better fields. She can only collect ziboris. Okay. Let's see who's right in this debate for the explanation of why the widow collects the ziboris. Tashma. He learned that she gets average. Meman, who does she get it from? So again, there's two scenarios. One is she gets divorced and she's collecting it from her husband. Two is her husband died and she's collecting it from the orphans. So we didn't say which of those two scenarios we're talking about. We just said the woman gets her ksuva from Ziboris, cheap stuff. So let's see. So we said the woman gets the ksuva from, uh, Reb Meir says she gets from average. Which case was he talking about average? If we're talking about orphans, Leslie Reb Meir, doesn't Reb Meir agree with the famous rule, you can never take, you've got to take the cheapest that they have if you collect from orphans. It must be that we're talking about collecting from the husband. And if that's Reb Meir's opinion, that means that the Boris, that the husband can pay cheap. So from Rameer's opinion, we see, from his opinion, we see what he was arguing. Gomorrah says, Lo, la, o, la, mi, asme, really, we're talking about the orphans. And as we answered before, And why would one opinion say that you could collect better from the orphans? The answer is, we want the woman to be able to remarry, and uh, the, better, uh, the better settlement she got from the estate, the easier it will be for her to remarry. Let's try again. Hanazakin shamalubi idiots. We learn that damages pay the best. And debtors pay, uh, creditors pay, can collect from the average fields. Who, do, who are we talking about? If we're talking about from the orphans, it, not only does the collect from Ziboris, the other two categories also, anyone collecting from orphans only gets Ziboris. It must be all these cases they're talking about collecting from the husband. So, Omar of Yaakov, it must be from, uh, from him. And we see that that's where the argument is. Okay. Omar of Akabar Yaakov, he said, no proof. He said, maybe the case is a little more complicated. Um, so again, we're having this debate about the case where uh, you, the, uh, the ksuva is paid at Bizibors. He says, our case is talking about kigon shinas or liniske beno, ulabal chol beno, kaloso. These cases are not talking about the regular case. They're talking about where the father-in-law was a guarantor. Uh, in other words, the, the father-in-law said, uh, you know, if my son did some damage, and uh, I'll, I'll pay for his damages. Or if my son owes money, I'll pay his debts. Or if my son's getting married, I'll pay his ksuva. I'll pay my daughter-in-law ksuva. In other words, until now, we thought we're talking about the creditor and the debtor. No, we're actually talking about the backup. Uh, the parents are the ones who always help the kids when they, they have trouble paying. It goes back to them. Uh, talking about the case where the father-in-law was the pressure to say, I'll, 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 I'll be responsible. And each one is separate. When you're talking about damages and creditors, where the person's alive, so it's similar to when they're alive, and that's from average. Ksuva is usually after the husband dies. And who do you usually collect from? 
Miyasme from orphans. They also, when they collect, it should be similar to that and it should be from orphans. So the Gemara said, Wait a second. If the father in law was the guarantor of the Ksuva, by the way, usually when today when they get married, the chassan doesn't have a penny to his name. <laughs> you know, it's a, the, she doesn't either have a penny to it's a, it's a, The bride and groom often get married. They don't. Uh, so who's going to guarantee the ksuva? The father-in-law is going to guarantee the ksuva. But we have a rule that when you're a guarantor, you don't have to pay with your lands. Why should the father-in-law have to pay? It doesn't create a shibut. He's just a, he's a guarantor. That's a, uh, it. It doesn't mean that you could repo his lands. So the more answer bekablon, the father-in-law took on a special responsibility uh, called, and that's called a kablon. So let's just pause for a second. This the the son wants to get married, and uh, the woman says, "Well, I'm going to give you my life and take care of you. What what will be if you die or if you divorce me?" How am I going to survive? And he says, well, don't worry, I promised you Aksuva. And she says to him, Aksuva, you don't have a penny to your name. And he says, well, my father will, uh, uh, will guarantee it. So the question is, uh, and the father-in-law shakes his hand, right? He says, here's my hand on it. So the question is, so how liable is the father? So, uh, the, so the first view was he's an Oriv. He's a backup. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll guarantee. But that doesn't create a lien on his property. So, and we're talking about a lien on the property. We're talking about going to the dad and saying, okay, your son divorced the wife or he died. Here, well, where's the ksuva? So now our answer is when they got married, the father accepted more. He accepted a strong responsibility called a kablin. That's a, a, a stronger responsibility. So the Gemara says, well, it depends on how you learn a kablin. Huh? Nikolaman, Yomar, kablin. Kablin almost means like you're makabal, you accept. That works if you say a kablin. Even if the borrower doesn't have money, so the, the kablin, the orev, the guarantor, is kind of accepts a lien instead. But there's an opinion that says, He says it depends on if the, if the, if the borrower has other property. But according to that view, the Kablin wouldn't be responsible. So Morris says, Maybe he had, and then um, uh, the, it got lost, it got destroyed. Or Maybe when it comes to your kids, what won't you do for your kids? That uh, usually the average person doesn't really make himself leanable when he guarantees a loan. But when you guarantee something for your kids, uh, a person is willing to, to be Meshavid himself. So we are going to stop here at the Itmar. I just want to do the Rashi on Kablin. These are kind of technical things. There, there are different kinds of guarantors. Some that are, um, are, if I have the money, sure, I'll pay for my kid. The, uh, some are, you're going to lean on my property. What do you mean it's, if you have the money? So let's see Rashi the Kablin. How do you do a Kablin? So Rashi explains, um, Apparently, you give him some kind of money or, or, or security for the ksuva. There's some kind of like handing it from the father to the son. You need to have some kind of physical action to, to turn it into a stronger guarantee ship. Okay.